near-death experience podcast, an ongoing exploration of spiritually transformative experiences, including NDEs and other phenomena, in order to elucidate the ineffable and better understand our spirituality. All episodes are available at ndepodcast.org. The views expressed and opinions given by the individual hosts and guests are not necessarily those of NDE Podcast, the NDERF, any sponsors, or for that matter, anyone else. In the end, the only opinion that really matters is yours. Near-Death Experience Podcast, item number 398, a.k.a. Patreon item number 009, the hellish NDE of Meg A. Welcome to Near-Death Experience Podcast, the official podcast and source of audio counts for the Near-Death Experience Research Foundation, NDERF. I'm your host, John Messer. In this episode, Chaz reads the NDE of Meg A. from the NDERF website. Links to the complete account are in the show notes for you to read it in its entirety. As Chaz will state beforehand, it is a rather hellish experience, one that he describes as one of the most frightening he has read. So the listener is forewarned. And now, the hellish NDE of Meg A. Welcome to Near-Death Experience Podcast, Patreon Edition, episode number nine. I'm Chaz Hathaway, author of Life in the Spirit World, What Near-Death Experiences May Teach About Life on the Other Side. Today's experience is kind of an, well, it's a disturbing one, to be frank. It's a, it's a distressing near-death experience, and due to the uh, nature of the, um, the experience, um, when it was uploaded to enderf.org, Jeff Long, the uh, uh, owner of the website and found, uh, co-founder of enderf.org, left a message um, to readers as kind of a, a preamble just because this is a very intense experience. And, and he lists that first, so I'm going to go ahead and read that first. Um, I apologize, I usually do the commentary after, and I will have my own commentary after, but we're going to start with Jeff Long's uh, preamble, if you will, and then uh, we'll share the experience, and then we'll talk about it afterward. Uh, Jeff says, Greetings. The hellish NDE is so graphical and atypical, I think an attached commentary is appropriate. This near-death experience is among the most graphic and frightening near-death experience we have encountered. It is disturbing in several aspects. Thus, as a service to our readers, we believe some additional comments from our perspective would be appropriate. The individual submitting this experience authorized publication of this experience, but did not provide any contact information. Thus, we are unable to share our comments on her experience with her prior to posting them. If she contacts us with any comments on the following, we will be sure to post them if she is agreeable. 
Frightening near-death experiences represent about 15% of all near-death experiences we receive. Most frightening near-death experiences also contain pleasant elements, and the pleasant elements of the NDE are often the majority of the experience. The most common type of frightening NDE we encounter is a void experience, where the NDE feels emptiness or isolation, which is perceived as frightening. The majority of void NDEs we encounter are actually pleasant with the NDE, sensing safety, love, and other positive feelings in association with the void. Only several percent of near-death experiences we have encountered are hellish, as this NDE clearly is. The great majority of hellish experiences involve seeing hellish imagery apart from the NDE, and this account is very unusual in that the NDE was harmed as part of the experience. It is unusual in the near-death experiences we have received to encounter a person who died at the same time as the NDE and who was present in the NDE's experience. This happens in this near-death experience, and he is in the same hellish realm as the author and is seen as being harmed. This is the first near-death experience with such a description we have ever heard of. Regular readers of this site will quickly recognize this horrifying near-death experience is markedly different from the overwhelming majority of other NDEs. Our policy at Enderf has been to share NDEs even if they do not coincide with popular or preconceived ideas about near-death experiences. Can this NDE be reconciled with the pattern of NDEs present in hundreds of other NDEs posted on Enderf? I think it can. What research there is on frightening NDEs suggests that those that are feeling angry, guilty, or believe they will enter hell when they die are more likely to have frightening near-death experiences. Both the near-death experiencer and her friend had been arguing and had inappropriately taken a car prior to the crash. There would be strong elements of anger and likely guilt in both of them. In most frightening NDEs, calling out to God or Jesus usually results in a prompt shift away from the frightening environment uh, the NDE is in. That did not happen in this NDE, though I thought that when she decided to give up, that she left the hellish environment and returned to the tunnel. A vital life lesson for her may be the spiritual concept of giving up or letting go. A common theme of NDEs is that we have free choice and are free to choose. Many NDEers seeing hellish realms believe in the NDE that those in the hellish realms chose to be there and can choose to leave at any time. I think the author's friend, out of his rage, efforts at controlling, note that he turned the car in his pattern of scarring people to shut up, or scaring people to shut up, and his other major issues felt this hellish realm was where he should be. The fact that the author was in a tunnel and suddenly reversed directions suggests to me that it was important for her, by her choice at some level, to see and be a part of the consequence of the choice her friend made. She alludes to the tunnel as being like some weird drug 
and her relation with the car driver suggests she likely had some major life issues of her own that she needed to confront. A loving divine being could have co-created the elements of this near-death experience if it was the best and maybe only way for her to have understandings to make major changes in her life, which her account indicates she has done. Lest we judge the author of this near-death experience, I would propose that it is possible for the divine that the divine may co-create frightening near-death experiences only with the most courageous of those on earth, whose courage leads them to co-create a frightening experience that will have the best chance of helping them grow in their earthly journey. The author became a Christian after the experience. What research there is on frightening near-death experiences suggests the religious background or lack of religious background of the NDE at the time of the experience does not correlate with having a frightening near-death experience. Among the NDEers who have shared their NDE with us, there's a very slight but statistically significant tendency for the NDEer to have a more liberal religious belief after the near-death experience. If anyone has any insights on this NDE, please consider posting them on the Enderf bulletin board. We can all learn from this remarkable NDE. We are deeply appreciative to the author for courageously sharing her experience. Sincerely, Dr. Jeff Long. So now let's share the... Ex- that, that's the end of uh, Jeff's uh, letter preceding it, and now we will share the experience. I prefer to remain anonymous because of what I have suffered at the hands of those who do not believe me. It was about two years ago. I remember it like it was yesterday. I was getting into my friend Gareth's car. It was his dad's car, and he wasn't supposed to have it in the first place. I don't know how he got a hold of it. I remember he had been drinking earlier that night. I knew he wasn't supposed to be driving it, but I remember really needing a lift home because I was late. We had been arguing the whole trip about something stupid and in the moment of in a, in a moment of rage, he slammed on the onto the accelerator hard and tried to do a U-turn. Now that I think about it, I remember it was his way of scaring people into shutting up. He was nuts like that. Gosh. Next thing I knew, I was being wheeled into a big room on a stretcher. My chest and head felt like I'd been punched in places with metal or something. The next part is really, really vivid. I definitely remember this. Seconds later, later, I started to float out of my body and go through this weird tunnel of light. Like I was on some weird drug or something. I didn't know where I was going, but I knew I couldn't control where I was being sucked to. I couldn't stop or turn on or anything. Everything seemed fine. For a split second, I thought I was headed towards heaven, but suddenly something happened. I stopped dead in this tunnel, and like a bolt of lightning, I started to fall faster and faster and faster. I felt like I had literally just dropped vertically and was headed towards this sort of black hole. It was so dark I felt like I could cut it with a knife. 
Still falling, I began to hear screams, cries, agonizing pain, horrible, horrible laughing, and the most putrid smell you could ever imagine. Then the blackness turned into fire, and I was falling toward a huge furnace. Fire began to consume me. I started screaming. I didn't know where my sound was going, but I knew I was screaming hard. Landing on my back, I suddenly crashed to what seemed like rocks and felt a horrible pain over my body and whatever this new form was, or whatever my this new form was. Opening my eyes, I suddenly realized I wasn't alone because creatures, things of some sort of distorted form, started to grasp at me. One by one, they grabbed me and started to drag me towards what seemed like, a, like huge black gates. I began kicking and screaming, yelling at the top of my lungs for Allah or Buddha or God, whoever I could remember hearing about in religious education classes to help out. But still nothing came. I remember one giant creature began to rip at my skin on my back with what seemed like his sharp nails. Another began to tear at my hair so hard I felt the urge to throw up. Another kicked me down and started standing on my chest, laughing, teasing me about personal issues he seemed to know about me, such as my mother dying at birth, my sister in prison, and my friend Gareth driving the car that had killed me. I so remember the smell. It was so vile, like rotting flesh and burnt hair. Their raspy laughs and taunts at me were almost drowning out by the roar of flames around me. I suddenly saw before, my, before me people running and screaming, a group of children no younger than twelve years old crying, each one being terrorized and literally pulled apart by these malevolent beings. I definitely remember suddenly seeing Gareth, the guy in the car with me. He was hung upside down with nails driven in his hands and feet, almost like Jesus on the cross. I had remembered reading about that in class a few weeks ago. The creatures began whipping him simultaneously, all chanting in a language I really didn't understand. Fire had now consumed what he was nailed to, and the flesh of his hands and chest and head were already be had already begun to melt and peel. I looked at his face. He was terrified. He began crying, uncontrollably pleading with them to stop. My body, or soul, or whatever it, you want to call it, suddenly began to burn badly from the fire spread on this ground. I suddenly cried out again, God, please help me. I suddenly realized that the more I cried out God's name, the more they tried to hurt me, the angrier they got, the more agitated and frustrated they became. God, please, I finally begged, seconds before deciding to give up. And suddenly a great suction tore me from their grip and started to carry me back through the tunnel. 
I suddenly awoke to the sound of a female doctor's voice. I remember her telling me that after two hours of resuscitation, I had recovered, but Gareth had not. Apparently, as they were trying to revive him, his heart gave way. It just gave up the fight. His time of death had been confirmed half an hour before mine. After months of therapy, trying to describe all I had seen, my friend in college, a Pentecostal Christian, explained to me what I had encountered. She counseled me for about two weeks, telling me scriptures in the Bible that described hell and outlined everything I had seen. And then one day, there and then, right in the middle of my college campus, I gave my heart to Jesus. To this day, I swear I can still smell that rotten smell of burnt flesh and burnt hair. I I used to actually get feverish every time I think about Gareth and where he might be to this day. I still believe I know where he is and where I don't want his little brother to be, who is now 14 years old, sharing my testimony with friends and family who didn't believe in all this religious stuff, still claim to this day that, in their opinion, I've seen one too many horror movies. But this was no movie. There were no credits, no logos at the end of it. No, it was real. All who read this, I pray, please, let this be a warning to all those who have not accepted Jesus Christ into their hearts. In my near-death experience, I saw what awaits those who reject Jesus. I've seen the horror that is more real than any film or show ever could be. And I praise God to this day that he gave me the second chance that, so that now I can work for him. For all those who aren't sure, please don't wait until it's too late to find out the truth I did. In Jesus' name, call on him now. Don't wait. I'm 22 years old. I thought I had had years ahead of me before anything like this would happen. I was very nearly wrong. God bless all who read this and believe in God and his precious son. Amen. That is the end of the experiencer's uh, comments. And, man, this is, this is probably the most disturbing uh, near-death experience I've read. Uh, and, and the most disturbing, um, distressing near-death experience that I've encountered. There have been some who have had similarly torturous kinds of experiences, but all the others that I've read, when they call out to God, are delivered eventually by it. Uh, and, and you might argue that, uh, that this person was delivered just straight back to earth rather than into the light. Um, and obviously the fact that they came back was a great mercy. Uh, so they didn't have to suffer that more. And as far as, you know, what they say about, um, you know, if you don't accept Jesus, this is what you're doomed for. I have to say that that hasn't proved out in other experiences. Um, there are many who don't believe in God or Christ, and they go to the light, and they encounter God or Christ, 
who says that he loves them and would never hurt them and so forth. And so it's not, I don't think it's fair to say that that's where we're all headed if we don't uh, follow God and so forth. But I think there is something to be said for, you know, having the Savior in our life, accepting him, calling out to God, and so forth, if only to put our minds and hearts in a place where we are better receptive to his spirit, to his messages for us, to our own life mission and plan. You know, it's it's the kind of thing where it's kind of like doing something illegal may throw, get you thrown in jail. But even if it doesn't, it's still better not to do the things. You know, <laughs> it's still better to do the things that... Uh, that, or do the good things that uh, put us in a better position with God. And it's not that God is punishing us. It's that God is giving us the choice whether or not to accept him. He, he doesn't say, you know, follow me or you will experience the burning flesh fire. You know, he, what he says is, please come to me. I can offer you light and love and joy. And at the same time, he leaves it to our choice whether or not to do that. That's my own thoughts on that. If, if I had my way, I would hope that everyone would uh, call out to God and accept Christ and, and, you know, seek out the faith that best matches what you feel God is leading you to. For me, that has clearly clearly been the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. For another person, they may feel led somewhere else. And if that's the case, just follow what God tells you. Because God is in control, and God knows where you need to be to best learn of Him. And uh, so, anyway, just know that, like Jeff Long said too, this experience is very a very rare example of distressing near-death experiences and as as uh, dr long says um that even among the uh what is what was it 13 percent or whatever i think he said 13 percent of frightening near-death experiences a good percent probably the majority of those have pleasant and joyful experiences as well as well and many of the uh unpleasant or distressing aspects of it were part of coming back to this earth not part of some kind of you know place that they were headed if they don't change their lives and so you know while suffering and torture on the other side is possible it's extremely rare and it's also um, it's possible to be delivered from it. Um, don't assume that you're going to be there forever if you find yourself there. And there is a way out. And the best way that we know of so far is to call out to God sincerely and lovingly. Call out to God. Ask Him to deliver you. But, don't, you know, I would say to all of you as well, don't wait until you're in that place to do that. Seek Him now. He wants to have a relationship with you. And... If it's a difficult journey trying to figure out how to make that work for you, isn't it still worth it? Isn't it worth it to have the, a good relationship with God, even if it takes some life changes, maybe some 
prayers after prayers after prayers, trying to figure out how to, you know, find that voice, that that comfort um, that God offers to us. Isn't it worth the effort that it would take? So, anyway, I just I just want you to know that you have a God who loves you dearly, absolutely, undeniably, infinitely, and wants to have a relationship with you. So seek out that relationship. Anyway, if you would like to contact the podcast, either to share your own experience or to ask a question or just make a comment, you can do so by emailing neardeathexperience at gmail.com, or sorry, neardeathexperiencepodcast at gmail.com, or by calling 970-NDE-CAST. And once again, thank you all of you for listening, and thank you so much for your patronage and your support.